1: The parental role is just as unique as the marital role. Husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, wanted a godly mother, next. Over the last couple of broadcasts here on Truth For Today, Pastor Phil Howard has exposed to us What a godly father looks like. Not just a godly husband, but a godly father. And there are unique differences. As we'll see today, the same holds true for the wife and the mother. Wanted a godly woman or a godly mother. What does that woman look like and to what end will be the subject of our time today. Won't you join us? Here's Pastor Phil Howard as we continue with our series, God is Enough on this edition of Truth For Today.
0: Turn, if you will, to Titus chapter 2. Look at what he says. Verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Talking to the pastor, Titus, on the island of Crete. Teach what is sound doctrine. And then he begins to make practical applications. You know, it's one thing... To be full of theology, it's another thing to be full of some practical wisdom. You know, uh, the Bible, sometimes we will hear this well, uh, we become brand new creations in Christ. Is that true? And everything has become new. Old things passed away, all things become new. Now, that's a wonderful truth. Where's that found? 517. Okay, now, if that is true, why does God tell believers to stop lying? Everything passed away. Why does he tell them to stop fornicating? You don't have to tell new creations that, do you? Why do He tell them to submit? Why do He tell them, don't be drunk? Be filled with the Spirit. Why all this stuff? Guess what? Everything didn't change. Everything that you were in Adam when you moved over to Christ, all that's new. New position, justified in Christ, that's brand new. But guess what? There's a whole lot of stuff God wants to change in us. And saving you begins the process. And what's scary is by the time you get it right, you're going to croak. Women, hold on. When he gets it right, he's going to have a heart attack. So keep him imperfect. He'll live a little bit longer. How long does it take God to teach someone to live godly? How long does it take him to give you victory over your temper, over your lust, over your uh, bad eccentric ways, your, your temperament, whatever? So on one side, there's a glorious truth. We are changed people in Christ. I've got every spiritual blessing in Christ, no doubt about it. But yet I'm told to stop lying, quit going to bed angry, quit letting the devil have his way with me. Stop walking after the flesh, walking. Hey, I'm in a process, put off, put on, put off, put on, and this is lifelong. So we're picking up practical doctrine that will happen, application. And uh, some men always want to be in the theological heights. But God is both theological and practical. And watch what he says now. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, now we have none in this church, (laughs) but probably in this culture, a woman over 40 would qualify. Uh, People didn't live as long, so if you're over 40, whatever you call yourself, uh, likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children to be self-controlled isn't this absurd to teach a woman to love her husband aren't we all lovely men we we'll go on to be self-controlled pure working at home kind and submissive to their own husbands this is the purpose it's a purpose clause that the Word of God may not be reviled or made fun of, evil spoken of. When they watch your life, they're going to say, I've got a good opinion of the Word of God about you, or I don't. And it's based on your life, not based on the preacher's sermon. It's just the way you live. Now, I want to deal with what he deals with here in the home, but uh, what a challenge today uh, think of the American woman. What is she to be? I mean, all of the models. We got feminists that uh, uh, have one model. Uh, you figure not till the 1900s did she get the right to vote. Uh, and then uh, she's been lobbying to get fair wages. If I do the same work, should I not be paid the same wages? That seems right, doesn't it? I mean, that's fair. That's just. But when you look at the modern-day woman and modern-day children, what's going on? Since the Industrial Revolution in the, let's say, 1800s, then 1900s, uh, you had children that had no child labor laws. They worked 14 hours a day from the age of 12 in industry, uh, 14 hours a day. Women worked alongside of these children. Uh, And then you go along, and they made rules under Theodore Roosevelt that there ought to be some guidance to these children, some kind of minimum wage. And then you come along to World War II. And like never before, women went into the workplace and industry and building warships. My mother was down here with a rivet gun in Harbor Gate. Come on, she was in Richmond. She was Rosie the Riveter. I know. I don't know how she found time to get pregnant with me, but she did. And uh, I had a house full of five kids and a husband and, and uh, whatever. But women went to the workforce. Now 85% of American women work outside the home. 85%. And then you face this with children. Uh, listen to this. Finances. The cost of raising a child. Uh, I've heard quarter of a million dollars, Uh, who knows? Working mothers, uh, 85% in the working place. Uh, Public opinion about children, Uh, is it worth having? Uh, Is it worth the sacrifice? If you had it to do over again, would you do it? Objectives, Uh, very few know what a good parent looks like anymore. What is a good parent? What does a good parent do? Permissive? Do you spank? Do you not spank? Uh, do you say no? Do you not? What what do you do? What do we teach younger women? What do we, that the family, the mom, And we'll all talk as old folkies how I was raised. Wait, wait, they're not being raised that way. How do we raise children? What do we do with them? Divorce, prevailing, prevailing. I mean, it's uh, if you have a mom and dad in your life, You are richly blessed today. Abe Lincoln made a great statement. He said, he who has had a good mother is a rich man. Uh, How many kids in our culture have had neither a good mother nor a good dad? Matter of fact, I, I read the story last week of a boy that went into 10 foster homes. I don't know who my dad is. I don't know who my mom is. The only people that take care of me have to be paid a wage. Uh, drugs and alcohol, uh, teens are involved in both death. The leading age category for suicide in our country is between 15 and 24. Between that age, we have more kids taking their lives in those age categories. Crime, at least one child out of nine will be incarcerated. Runaways, Girls running away, at least a million children a year flee their home, and many sell themselves on the streets of Open Sacramento. We have a sex trade going with fourteen year old girls that you would not believe and how to get them out of the paws of a pimp that will kill them is dangerous. But they're fleeing the home, I'd rather sell my body than to stay at home. This is millions of children. Millions. Uh, Abuse. Never have we had so many children abused physically, sexually, emotionally. Illegitimacy. Uh, It's off the charts. So today, young women are having children, whether married, unmarried, who's going to raise them, the single parent. It permeates our culture. We don't know how to roll the clock back. And then, no matter whether you're married or not, no time for the children we have. Uh, life is so busy in America, getting them to all the activities, school, sports. It goes on and on. John MacArthur uh, said the taboos that the culture are calling uh, taboos that we need to get rid of is, number one, there's absolutely no moral standards. Nothing's right or wrong. So can I tell my kids premarital sex... Is wrong if you say that you're just prudish. You're out of step. Times have changed. What gave you the authority to make that rule? Divorce is available on demand. Uh, gender battles that are going on. Nobody's the head of a home. That's offensive language. So we have no one who specifically is said to be in charge. Everybody's in charge. Nobody's in charge, including the children. Um, Of course, women today, to be fulfilled, must work outside the home. Uh, Entertainment, TV in particular, it may not be as big as it used to be, but when you take the tech invasion of the home, I mean, between texting, phones, computers, TV, think of how much in your home at the time that could be talk time, dinner time, how much intrusion you've got from the outside world that permeates your home. It just, it's everywhere. Here's an amazing thing. If you kill a baby seal for fur, it is criminal. Yet killing an unborn human infant for any reason whatsoever is defended as a matter of free choice. So a baby seal is worth more than an infant in the womb. Life begins in the womb. You don't have to be outside the womb to be alive. Right? I mean, they, when they, you've got little legs there, when you've got brains there, and we're actually cutting up parts in some procedures to get that baby out of the uterus, let me tell you, there's life there. There's a body there. Pornography it makes more money in this country now than all of the Hollywood films in a year. There's more money being made seeing naked people on a screen by men and women than ever in our history, and the billions are rolling in to profiteers, racketeers, and guys that want to destroy your home and destroy your life. We've become a nation of dirty, lusting people. And they were quenching the thirst through pornography. So in the midst of this, you are a woman. How do I function? What's my role? What's my contribution? Let's look at what he tells an older woman to be. That is a godly woman. A woman that knows Christ. We're not talking to people who do not know Jesus Christ. What should an older woman, you 40-year-olds plus... uh, What would he say about your life and behavior? He says four things. What your character ought to be. He said, first of all, she ought to be reverent in behavior. And the word there is used of being a priestess at a temple. That's where it came from. And the idea is you must be one that is engaged in sacred duties, the way you live your life. I... I am a servant of the Most High God. I fear him. I revere him. Uh, his When you fear God in the Old Testament, it means two things. You revere him. And here's the other part. You obey him. You don't fear a God that you don't obey. You don't love a God you don't obey. That's just the biblical measurement. And so I fear the Lord. I, I revere him by that, you mean what? I do what he says. And so this older woman is known, I would say, in the community and in the church. She, she's serious about God. She's serious about God. She's not flippant. He's the first priority of her life. And whatever her, her life is about, God is first, and it just comes out. She takes God seriously in her walk. He goes on to say, uh, she's not a slanderer. He said that of deaconesses in 1 Timothy 3. Uh, people like to talk. I hear women like to talk. And uh, uh, it's okay to talk. Men like to talk too. The issue is what we talk about. It's what we talk about. And uh, slander. Uh, is a word that comes from the word devil. And it's actually translated she-devil. Don't be a she-devil. Don't be a he-devil. And that is, when you slander, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's going to be cast down someday, but slandering is talking down people. Talking down people. Now, this is interesting. If you're taking God seriously you would think you would talk about God. And once you move from God and you start in on people, unless you've got a word of encouragement, uh, some things are left better unsaid. True? You don't have to say everything you know about everybody. It's not everybody's business. Right? And uh, he says, a godly woman is known as one that does not slander, does not talk down people. And uh, uh, you you just watch, there's a proverb that says, where there's much speech, sin will not be lacking. That's scary. Uh, It's the subject matter because a favorite indoor sport of human beings is picking away at other people's faults and their flaws, and everybody's got them. And uh, the thing that's scary, people who always talk negatively about other people usually do it to shelter their own faults. They're not dealing with their own. They're not looking in the mirror of the word. And you're talking about how homely, how ugly they are. And I'm going to say, have you looked in the mirror lately? Have you looked in the mirror? What would you want said to you if you had similar faults? A similar similar flaw. Sorry, at least this woman, a godly woman, is known by what she says about others. And if it's negative, uh, you know, uh, it's like going to the funeral of a man and saying, well, at least he was a good drunk. Well, did you need to say that? Did you need to say that? Some things we've got to learn, and it's men and women, but he points us out. She's not a slave to much wine. Uh, New Testament times, everybody drank wine. The wine as a whole of the common household was 2% alcohol, and it was good for them. Uh, They didn't have East Bay mud. They did not have water treatment plants. And so the water was contaminated normally. Alcohol was a great friend, even to tell Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach disorders. You need something to kill the amoeba, maybe. Uh, we have a lot of people opposed to wine, alcohol. They, they've come from that background. They've seen alcoholism, and they have all kinds of hang ups. The Bible, truly, that culture, that every day you drank wine. It was the safest drink probably you could have. And so, it was easy to drink more of it than you needed. And he's saying, be careful. It's okay to drink it, but don't be controlled by it. Then he says, they are to teach what is good. And uh, it's interesting, what is it they're supposed to teach? Uh, Do they teach uh, prophecy? Do they teach theology? Well, that's okay. That's wonderful. You can't miss on that. But it gives them seven practical areas that they ought to invest in a younger woman. Now, I I think this is a great, great need in the church. Uh, As younger women come to faith, let's put in this church. What was fun in the early days of the church, everybody as a whole was under the age of, uh, for sure, 30. Many under the age of 25. And that's when I taught the most on the family. They were getting married, they were starting, and I was an expert. I was 27. You know, Deborah was two. So, you know, it was easy. And, and they, they, had, they didn't know what a Christian home was. They came out of sin, came out of, what's well, a Christian home. I don't know what the template looks like. I don't know what a Christian woman ought to, I mean, uh, you talk about immodest dress. You, you'd be amazed at how they dressed. Uh, you'd be amazed at how many homosexuals came there and how they dressed. It was okay. By the way, when people come here, if they have an odd dress, uh, please don't address them. They're welcome to come. They're, okay. They're welcome to come. Uh, we'll love them until God cleans them up. But, see, church isn't, and, and the amen was so weak you know, most people say, well, 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 you know, you, man, I don't want you to do our church. You don't look clean enough. No, because we don't welcome sinners. you you got to be cleaned up on it. you got to be a saint. you got to look like one. No, you don't. No, you don't. You heard the bishop say it. Come in here like you are. We don't care. God loves you like you are and can change you. Don't go around saying, do this and do that, you know. Don't. It's wrong. It's not your place. Who authorized you to do that? Sometimes we'll have people come in here, guys wearing a hat. Should they? No. What are we going to do? We're just going to keep loving them. Their problem isn't their hat. The problem is their heart. Could you love a guy wearing a hat? Whoa! get over it. You self-righteous Pharisees. <laughs> Can you love sinners? Are sinners comfortable around you? Save sinner. And many young people don't feel it. Especially as Christians get a little bit older. They're real critical of young people. Right, young people? We ought to be loving this group. We ought to be loving a younger woman gets married, struggles. Hey, you shouldn't be having to struggle. You ought to have it all together. I came from a bad home. I don't know what Christian women ought to look like, act like, or do. Where do I learn it? Well, you won't learn it here. We're going to tell you how bad you are. No, 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 no. God forbid. God forbid. Because we got too many gracious women just waiting to help another woman.
1: And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail. Or, better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.